On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with Kevin Layler, and it is such a cool conversation that we dive into for his unique journey of getting started in entrepreneurship and how, you know, what it really takes to evolve into where he is today in getting started and what it takes to get those first steps to to build up the confidence to be the best version of yourself and how to expand yourself and not have to change yourself. We get into more of that, so I'm not going to go into it too much more. So let's just dive in, shall we? But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Monatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. We are back and I'm super excited to bring on this next guest. Um, you know, we're part of a, an awesome community together and, you know, friends on on social media. And I just love the content that uh, he continuously shares. And I knew that he would be able to bring some awesome value to to you guys in listening. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So real quick, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Uh, so my name is Kevin Layler. I am a life coach. And a little bit of background on myself is basically someone who was in the world of the nine to five. And basically, I heard the the whispers that actually became like screams to kind of take a leap of faith and kind of jump out on my own though so when an opportunity came about in between positions instead of going to a new role i decided to take that leap of faith and see what the world of entrepreneurship would look like and you know in a couple of months it will be four years and it's been one of the most exciting scary yet rewarding paths of self-growth. I'll say entrepreneurship is just one of those roads of, if you want to grow in personal development really fast in one area of life, jump into entrepreneurship, be your own boss, and just see how fast that you need to grow though. So uh, that's what makes me passionate about being a life coach myself, knowing that there's so many mental hurdles to overcome to actually achieve a life of freedom. So that is who I am and that is what I do. I support other life coaches who are looking to become visible and who may not have enough belief in themselves yet because I believe everyone has potential and I love to just pour into others to see people as I see them so that they can put themselves out there and make an impact while we have our time here on this earth. Amazing. Extremely well said. Um, the one thing I had to touch on, you mentioned like this this feeling of of wanting to to do something on your own. I'd love to hear more about kind of like how that came up, you know, where this like entrepreneur step in between, you know, job to the next job came up. Yeah. So I've always had an interest in kind of being able to take care of myself outside of a paycheck and I used to be a contractor for the government at one point in time and 
long time ago while in between jobs, I started asking myself question, well, since I don't have a gig right now, how do I make money? So I just started looking online a long time ago and I saw people who was selling things on eBay. And I was just like, I think I can do that. So I can remember my very first purchase was a $600 laptop, which I on eBay was showing for selling for $950. And I was just like, okay, but can I do that? Like, will people buy it from me for that type of money? So I bought the laptop <laughs> and luckily I sold it for, I think like $900. And that was the beginnings of entrepreneurship for me in terms of controlling where my money came from, from my own hands outside of having a job. And after a decade of doing that type of work, uh, I came to a place where I've always enjoyed personal development. I didn't know it myself. And now it's just like realizing that I can actually help people from a mental standpoint and knowing that I can build communities, talk to like-minded people. So that became the next step in the journey of, you know, making my own money, you know, based on what I care about, similar to um, with eBay. What I really enjoyed about eBay was, again, it was just the fact I could make my own money just applying some principles based on what others were showing. Uh, and I didn't have to go back to a job, but uh, that just kind of kind of took a life of its own in terms of what else could be done to make money on my own without working a nine to five and kind of just blew up from that point. Amazing. Yeah. It's such an interesting concept, like something like that from eBay where you I mean, you're basically just like flipping a computer and making money, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. It just, it just shows how many opportunities are out there in so many different ways for you to be able to earn income and, you know, quit that nine to five or, or substitute when you're, you know, create a life of your own where you get that freedom. Cause you know, that is, you know, the, the main goal of entrepreneurship for most people is, you know, getting that freedom back. And so when you were, you know, taking this leap and uncovering your, your own entrepreneurial journey, how, what were some of the things that you needed to overcome in order to get started and really get on this, you know, making it full time? Yeah. Um, so some of the things I had to overcome when it came to finally taking that leap of no longer working in the nine to five world and kind of seeing what it looks like on my own. There was a lot of questions because when you work the nine to five world, there is such a huge safety net in terms of stable benefits, stable paycheck. You kind of know the people that you're working with, whether they're you know in and out in terms of people changing jobs or things like that. Like it becomes a routine that it becomes just stable in terms of you know what you're working towards and you know that there's a ladder you can climb yet with entrepreneurship there's just so many unknowns you know despite the fact that people will go out there and tell you that you know you can make your own money but even making your own money there's so many things in terms of like recreating your own personal safety net relying on yourself so some of the things I had to go through was first uh, knowing that people would want to buy from me. There's that people would value what I have to offer. 
And that thinking, that journey came down to me believing in myself though. So uh, some people can easily do that and put it out and figure it out. Others, it just takes a longer road. And I can remember even Tony Robbins talking about when he started and put himself out there and went through his ups and downs. You know, Tony Robbins, he can fill a room up to, I think his latest event, 30,000 people virtually. But at one point in time, he couldn't get a single person to come to his event of his though. So I think the biggest journey in being your own boss is will people buy what I have to offer? Because it's one thing to sell something like an iPhone or, or a product. You know, someone's already done the work to validate that people want that product, the iPhone. Steve Jobs has validated the market that people will buy the iPhone no matter what, Samsung, whatever the product is. But when it's your personal name, it's it's a, it's a different game that when you're the product, it brings up all those thinkings of self-worth, self-esteem, uh, despite the money that can be made, uh, you're going to face those questions about what you actually get to offer other people and the overthinking that can come with that in terms of what you offer outside of like the what you offer in a job versus what you offer to the world. It is completely different. So those are the things I had to kind of get over to come to a point that I do have something to offer. I do have a space out there. And I had to carve that out internally for myself to even want to be in a position that allowed us to even have this conversation right now. Right. It is. It's uh, it's incredible to see uh, the different pieces that start. And the big thing is, it's just getting started. You know, you talked about the story with Tony Robbins. People don't hear that story often. I, I follow Tony Robbins. I've never heard that, that story of, you know, him just nobody showing up and struggling to get people. Um, I know he started at a really young age too, but um, at the same time, it just goes to show you even the greatest people had to start somewhere. They had to be willing to put themselves out there and kind of figure it out. Now, you mentioned that, you know, some people have it easier than others in, in stepping out. What was your journey like? Like, did you kind of struggle a little bit to take that step or were you quick? Like, what, what were some of the things that you were going through when you're, when you're putting yourself out there and putting your offers out there to the world? Well, one of the biggest things um, is just, I guess, asking people for money in terms of what I do, though, because I know I'm not the only one out there in terms of like charging people for what I do. It's really valuing that service for others like that, like people will actually pay that, though. So that took some time. That took some confidence building on my own in terms of just testing the waters, though. So it wasn't definitely out the gates though but you know now you know there's no issue in terms of putting in a price tag out there and either getting a yes or a no before i think there was meaning that i put behind it in terms of if someone said no that would only amplify the lack of confidence in terms of already questioning my value in the beginning stage so to hear no in the beginning only can will amplify my own you know, lack of confidence versus now to hear no 
It is not a meeting of there's something wrong with what I offer. It simply just means that uh, the person may not be ready for what I have to offer, and that is okay. So definitely, it wasn't quick out the gates, you know. But I'm motivated differently. Some people are motivated by the money, and they'll, I would say, sacrifice a little bit of themselves, you know, to, to get that money. Versus me, the way I make my money matters. You know, I want to be able to make, you know, a hundred or a thousand or whatever that money looks like and feel good with it versus make tens of thousands of dollars, but still feel inadequate with that money though. So I recently had a client where I said that, you know, you can reach making a million dollars, but I'd rather you make a hundred thousand, about a hundred thousand dollars with a hundred percent of you intact versus making a million dollars and only half of you there with that money meaning that money has a weight to it. It's like the nine to five world. You know, you can make the money though, but you know something's missing. So even making money, but knowing that a part of you is missing, that matters to me though. So I want to make my money in alignment to who I am versus just making money regardless. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. I think it's, it's super important because you know, if you're, if you're going after the money and the next thing you got it and, and, and you're not happy with how you got it, it's, it's just going to eat away at you in a way that's, um, not worth the pain, you know, it's not worth the pain of that, that money that you're going to have versus, you know, really embodying who you are going all in on that and being committed. It's going to be so much more impactful in your own self-worth when you know that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that you did it from your own self, your internal, you know, being to, to offer that, you know, I love that. How you make money matters. Like it's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I would say that it's definitely tied to identity because it's a, uh, to make a million dollars being something that you're not is going to be very hard to unravel to coming back around to make money as who you naturally are, you know? So that's what matters most to me. And this is why like, you know, people can make a lot of money, have status, but if it's not attached to who you truly are, you can only fake that persona for so long before your mentality realizes like, hey, uh, how long are we gonna continue to lie to maintain the money, the status, the facade, like your heart starts to just break and you just have to become this person detached from yourself to maintain the status quo. And eventually, I think, you know, that, that takes a toll mentally, internally, that I think a lot of people don't talk about versus like to feel so good about what you offer and making money that way that you don't have to hide you don't have to stress you don't have to pretend to be anything else like the freedom yeah that is so much better and it's the reason why we do what we do anyway as entrepreneurs is ultimately freedom and though because if it was just a, the money you can go work a nine to five or if, if anything, you can go out and sell drugs, right? And everything like there's so many ways to make money, as was said earlier, you know, ethically or unethically, though. But if it's not attached to freedom of who you get to be, it's not really worth it. 
Yes. I love that you touched on that. And you mentioned identity and how important that is. So through your journey, have you had to kind of shift your identity to become the person you are today? I would say I'd have my shift in my identity is probably being not too much of a shift though, but knowing that I could put myself out there and value my own services though. So before an employer would pay for what I had to offer though, but that was for a list of uh, tasks that could be done. Now it's just like, it's my full self in terms of like whatever personality quirks or anything that comes with me, you know, to what's being offered out there though. So I wouldn't say I've had to shift my identity where I've had to grow into like my fullness to be offered. So it's the difference of not shifting your identity, but actually expanding my identity. Before it's a box, you know, we shrink to get the thing, to get the job done. We shrink to fit in with the circle. So, but with freedom, it's about expansion though. So it's actually expanding myself and knowing that that fullness of who I am, you know, can get me what I want versus, okay, you know, 25% of me got the job, 25% of me got into the circle, 25% of me did this, but now I want freedom of 100% of me. I no longer want to be in the box. I want to be fully me, freedom. Entrepreneurship is one of those opportunities to do that. So I've actually had to expand and learn acceptance of my full expansion and knowing that that can get me what I want as well. Awesome. Yeah, that's super powerful because a lot of times we feel that we need to make a change or we need to become someone else. But with this and what you're saying is we have everything that we need. It's just a matter of expanding what's already there. You don't mm -hmm. have to shift your identity. You don't have to change yourself. You are fully capable of getting everything that you want exactly how you are as you accept more of yourself and embrace more of yourself. Yes, yes. So that expansion is definitely a lot of inner work, uh, but it is worth inner work knowing that as you expand and as you put yourself out there, and as you find opportunities of people that you serve, that is ultimately the freedom that I think we are all looking for when we choose entrepreneurship or any profession that we want to enjoy with our time of what we are doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Being able to, you know, step into that, expanding yourself now for, um, what would be some things that you would tell someone to help them to expand into their, um, you know, better self to get that freedom? One, I would start to look at first and foremost, what do you enjoy? What are the things you actually enjoy? Just, you know, from a kid up till now, just start looking at these things. Though, because I think we have learned to not look at things because that is what allows us to be accepted in certain circles or how we put ourselves out there though. So it's just like, what do you enjoy that maybe that you've 
kind of kept tampered down or things of that nature. So for me as a life coach, I know it's a part of what I've enjoyed previously, but put, put in a different light because I enjoyed photography. And I used to wonder what was the comp, the, the transition of photography and life coach. And I now understand what the similarities are. As a photographer, I love capturing people at their best. You know, so it's all about taking that shot and everything, seeing them in a certain way that they didn't see themselves and then showing them the picture on the camera. It's like, yeah, that's you. It's the same thing with life coaching in terms of like speaking into them possibilities of how they can see themselves and when they can actually see themselves based on the way they are speaking in a new way. It's like, yeah, that's you though. So that expansion comes in like, all right, so I enjoy photography, but why is it that I enjoy that? Because I love seeing people at their best. Okay. What are ways that I can help people see, help people see themselves at their best? So understanding what you enjoy um, and then just looking for ways of how you get to expand on that is definitely a great way in terms of that expansion. And two is just uh, judgment. No judgment. Like if you're questioning, it's like, no, nah, or anything like that. Any kind of judgment is going to hamper that process though. So, uh, or comparison. So less judgment, less comparison, appreciation for what you enjoy. You know, that right there, let's keep it simple. Those three things, less judgment, you know, about what you actually enjoy, less comparison of what other people are doing to make it thinking that if I'm not like them, I can't have what I want and more appreciation about what you enjoy and finding those areas that you can apply what you enjoy. When you put those three pieces together, you start to realize it's like, oh, I actually can live a life the way that I want to live it, though. So like, there's no more joy to me, like seeing people, you know, have this aha moment, how powerful they are. No difference from someone looking at the camera and be like, that's me. Like, yeah, that's you. Like it was, it's the same powerful moment, though. So take a look at what you enjoy and have less judgment and less comparison about what you enjoy and what other people are doing and know that who you are with acceptance can give you what you want. That's so cool. I love the analogy of how taking photos of someone and showing them the best version of themselves associates with what you're doing from the life coaching standpoint. Cause you don't hear those, like what does photography have to do with life coaching? But here you are tying it together, your passion, these two things together um, in such a beautiful way. I mean, that's, it's, that's so cool. Yeah. And it definitely took a lot of time to figure it out though. So it wasn't an overnight process to figure out that link between photography. Um, but when you find something you enjoy, like myself, life coaching, so whatever it is, that someone enjoys there is a link in terms of what you've enjoyed previously and maybe to younger ages up to now if you do the work and dig like why do i enjoy that what does that offer me eventually you probably will find a trend of this is what i enjoy 
And then you start looking for where can I find opportunities to give me what I enjoy? Because when we find, uh, what is it? There's a term by Aristotle, pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. You know, so when you find pleasure in the job, it puts perfection in the work though. So if I enjoyed seeing people at their best in photography, you know, bringing that same passion to life coaching, then I am going to do my best with life coaching that is probably just going to attract people to me. It's just like, this man cares about what he does, or I love how he shows up for people, though that's going to bring people to me. And that's going to bring people to other people in terms of the passion for their craft. And, and I think everyone can probably agree with this, though, when we see people putting their crafts out there, we can see how much they enjoy what they do. We can see how much they care about like particulars about their craft. And then we're in awe, like, wow, like Steve Jobs and, you know, Apple products, you know, his passion for how Apple needed to be or Elon Musk in terms of like, just knowing that he could put out what he could put out in terms of Tesla, uh, SpaceX, things of that nature. You see his passion, you know, and we see his results with that passion that he keeps going regardless of failures, regardless of Steve Jobs failures, that passion draws people in you know on top of curiosity for the products the same thing you know so when we find that the good in terms of what we enjoy and what we want to do we put that out with less judgment and less comparison eventually people gravitate into our orbit of like what are you offering why are you so happy with what you do i'm curious to hear more so it's definitely a thing there Amazing. Yeah. Um, and I love that, that quote from Aristotle as well. Um, it's such a powerful tool and I love that you were explaining kind of the process in, in really like, it takes time to figure things out. It wasn't like all of a sudden, boom, you got all the pieces. Oh, you know, you've got it all figured out. You know, you're looking at the things that you enjoy. You're, you're analyzing it. You're figuring out what are the pieces you're, you're trying different things and seeing how that's that's working. You know, you're seeing all of these different steps to attempting and that's just it, right? You're, you're, you tried different things. You, you put something out there and then you're figuring out, you're testing the waters, as you said earlier, to figure out what's going to be best suited both for your success, but also for your internal drive and fulfillment of what you want. Yeah. And that right there, it, it, it simply is a process in terms of you cannot think your way through this. You have to go through the experience of the ups and downs. And normally it is in those gaps in terms of understanding what feels good and what doesn't feel good, though. You're not going to experience that in terms of like thinking about it. You have to take that step and see what it actually feels like because your body's going to be able to tell you in terms of like eh, this feels good this doesn't feel good so that you can make a choice you know not that we can always trust our feelings 100 however it is a part of that measurement though in terms of once you think about something and once you feel something you have data now to kind of make a choice of where to go 
that only happens with action. So action doesn't happen just with thought. It, you know, it happens with actually experiencing, you know, going through something and then using that data and be like, do I like that? Do I not like that? Let me try something else though. And ultimately at the end of the day, and I think it was mentioned earlier, it is all about just starting to figure it out though, because the destination that we all want to go to can never be reached if we never leave the starting point of where we're at today. Perfectly said. Yeah. Is we get really caught up in what it is that we want and this this destination of, you know, six figures or million dollars or um, you know, this amazing happy life, but the the reality is is like you have the choice right now to start taking the steps. You have the choice right now to be happy in your own life and those things will start to come to you, but it starts with being willing to make a change take a step in the right direction. Like even to circle back, you know, you just giving that eBay thing a try, you know, at, at that point yeah. you invested $600. That's no small investment. You were like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to invest $600 and, and see what goes from here and see if I can do this. Cause that $600 wasn't an investment in the computer. It was an investment in yourself and believing that you could sell it for more than $600. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and I, I do remember too, um, I, I sold a couple of those particular laptops and the, the speed at which I can do eBay today just comes from a lot of ups and downs of the process. I even remember like just understanding how do I ship a, pro a product properly? Because I remember putting a laptop in a, a shipping box and just using newspaper wrapping as the padding. And I remember getting an email back from the guy, you shipped me in that almost a thousand dollar product in newspaper wrapping. It could have been damaged and this and that. Luckily he didn't like, you know, ask for anything back or anything though, but he was very upset about that. And I, and I learned my lesson that presentation of packaging matters from that point on in terms of the customer knowing that you cared about their product just as much as the fact that they actually paid you for something that you had. So that was a very important lesson to me long ago that uh, put a little extra TLC in how I package products, letting people know that you care for the product as much as you know they care to pay you. And that has saved me in multiple ways. And I know this to be a fact because when I don't do that, if I get lazy once in a blue moon, it always comes back and be like, why is this package this way? And it's just like, oh, I slipped again though. So um, I've learned a lot of lessons in terms of uh, people's perception, treating people as if you're treating yourself in terms of like, just take care of them um, and they'll take care of you though. So. The ups and downs of eBay has definitely put me in a much better position to where doing eBay, I can do it like the back of my hand. And if there is something that any of us want to do just like that, like just like waking up and brushing our teeth, you know, it's just, again, starting and understanding, you know, the ups and downs, the flows, and eventually it becomes a thing 
you know, so it eventually becomes a thing for us to go to our job and make money. It can definitely be a thing where we wake up, get on top of our technology and make money as well. The question is, will you just start and will you persist? Love it. Yeah, the persistence part is is super important from that degree too, because, you know, I was reading, um, I'm currently rereading Think and Grow Rich, um, which is just, a, you know, it's a classic. Um, and, you know, he's talking about the classic, you know, um, Thomas Edison, you know, 10,000 times he tried to make a light bulb and was unsuccessful. And it's just this level of commitment to success and being willing to fail and be willing to do it as many times as it takes to make it happen. I mean, he had the desire that it didn't matter how many times it took, he was just going to make it work. And, you know, that's like what it takes for, to be fully committed into, you know, a goal. Yeah. And I think about uh, Bruce Lee, for example, in terms of, you know, we live in an age of when we have access to so much information, which then kind of says there's so many different ways to do things. How do you make a choice on what do you make your thing? You know, Thomas Edison is the light bulb and he was willing to try that many times to get it to work. Bruce Lee, he chose one style and mastered that one style that, you know, brought him so many opportunities. And it's the same thing. What is that one thing which I believe is a book, one thing, you know, that we're passionate about. If we go back and look at, you know, what do I enjoy? What am I good at? Less judgment and less comparison and master that thing that brings us joy. There's so many doors that gets to open up in terms of that mastery, that thing we enjoy bringing people to us though. But again, it does take a level of commitment. It does take a level of discipline However, I truly do believe it's just like the one thing opens all the doors in so many ways, though, because if you're looking to do one thing, it will eventually bring you to another thing and another thing versus I think the feeling today is if I do one thing, I'll miss out on maybe doing this, I'll miss out on doing that versus the thinking of if I do this one thing, it gives me the opportunity to then work on this thing and then see what I can do for this thing and then grow from there though. So I feel like we're in a, uh, a day and age where we want all the things because we see all the possibilities because of all of the access we have to technology and just the simple thing of starting small with one thing that we truly enjoy, seeing that as the key to giving us what we want. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's like, you're walking up the staircase, but you don't know that there's other staircases and doorways because you haven't taken enough steps in that direction, you know, and as you take those steps, new opportunities start to present itself and you start to figure out what you may or may not like, you know, like, and again, using the analogy of you through eBay, it's like, all right, well, you kind of got this taste of being able to make money for yourself in a different way. And that led mm -hmm. to other things and other things eventually becoming a life coach, but it's these different steps that create 
our story. And if you look back on how, you know, selling a computer has nothing to do with life coaching, but again, it was still part of your journey to be able to get where you are today. Um, and it's just such a cool process in understanding of like getting started, getting moving, figuring out what you do and don't like. And I love that you keep using the word like joy, you know, just <laughs> using things, you know, doing things that bring you joy. I mean, life is short. And, you know, when you truly do something that you love to do every single day, I mean, it really is an absolute game changer in just how you wake up every single day. Yeah. And, and that is a piece right there. That is the work to get to that place to do what you want to do versus do what you have to do. There'll always be something that you have to do, but when it is in complement to what you get to do, it doesn't really become a bad thing. Uh, and I guess an analogy right there is just like, oh, I have to clean this bathroom. But if you have to clean a bathroom for a home that you own, with no mortgage that is completely yours. And it's just like, you get to own a home with no mortgage, you know? So cleaning a bathroom really isn't that bad of a thing because you don't have any mortgage or anything like that. You don't have to pay anything extra. Like you have a roof over your head. You have security, even during the times that we are living now, you know, that a lot of other people could be struggling though. So it's just like, you get to live mortgage-free because you've done the work, you know? So cleaning the bathroom might not be as bad as you think. You know, so it's the same thing, though. What is something, you know, that you can have joy in uh, so much that the things that you have to do in complement to that, you know, doesn't phase you as much because when there isn't any joy, it all becomes have to and everything that's a have to is what we're going to resist. I know that for a fact that it's just like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, so what do I want to do? And, I, and that's part of the process too, in terms of like taking action and seeing like, did you enjoy that? You know, so for my example, when it comes to life coaching, you know, I enjoy the group dynamics. I've always been a team person, seeing a group of people, you know, have aha moments, go through exercise, social learning, things of that nature collaboration networking though so i love facilitating you know the support of multiple people and but in the life coaching world they'll tell you or in coaching in general you have to start off with one-on-one -on -one. and it's just like do i you know because i enjoy the group dynamics so much though so like my focus is more on the group which then allows me to take on higher caliber one-on-one -on -one of people who light me up versus what well, you have to take one-on-one -on -one coaching because that's just the way it is. And I even think for like our mentor, like James Wedmore, he started out with group coaching before doing one-on-one. -on -one. I think he's on one-on-one -on -one though, but he's more into the group dynamics more than anything though. So uh, it really does help to know that there is no right or wrong. I've, other, rather, what is it you enjoy and make that the thing that other can see the joy in you doing? Awesome. Yeah. One thing I thought that was super interesting too, that you were talking about in regards to cleaning the bathroom, 
even though that's something <laughs> that you, you know, don't necessarily enjoy, you have a choice to see the joy in it, in the fact mm -hmm. that how fortunate you are to even have that bathroom. And therefore you can find even joy in these things that you have to do. Um, and I think that is, is extremely powerful because there's always going to be things in life that you kind of have to do that maybe aren't the most amazing things, but you have a choice in how you want to see it as a burden or, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to do this. And you can see it as well. I get to do this. This is a privilege for me to even have a bathroom to be able to clean. Yeah. And I, and I think that is, um, that's actually a, a way of sabotaging gratitude though when you look at the things and you feel like this is not something i enjoy and the question is why don't you enjoy it though and probably more than likely you're thinking about something you know that you would rather be doing in the future or you're thinking about a past situation in terms of like it took longer than you expected more than likely it is because you are not in the present moment but like i said though in the past, it took too long. So you're thinking about like in the past, it took an hour to get it done. I don't want to spend an hour or there's somewhere I need to be. So the past and the future are taking you out of the present moment, which is making it, I have to get this done versus if you let go of what happened in the past, if you stop worrying about like what ha what gets to happen in the future, you know, there's the satisfaction of like, once you're done in the present moment, you get the satisfaction of a clean bathroom, you know, and I'm sure most people love walking back and coming to a home or a place of residence in terms of just like looking clean, fresh, smelling nice, all of those things. And knowing that your own two hands created that that's just being present to your work versus worried about past or the future though. So you know, even in a small lesson of cleaning the bathroom, though, being present to the joy of what you can do and what gets to happen afterwards. Yeah, though. So and self-sabotage right there. If you're going to complain about cleaning the bathroom in a place that you own, what else are you complaining about that is overshadowing the opportunity to be grateful about things though so i always ask myself this question too like it's, it's very easy to take for granted uh the life that we've been given despite the challenges that we're having though but i do my best to look for gratitude which then gives me energy to get into the work uh, to do what i want to do though so gratitude truly is important for me um because it makes me not underestimate, you know, where I am at, because it could be worse. It could yeah. be a whole lot worse. Gratitude helps me to understand that it could be worse. So I get to appreciate where I am at right now. I may not be where I want to be, but where I am at, if I look back, is because I appreciated what I could do that's stacked up to this current moment and how dare I complain about my current moment, knowing that the work I put in is what got me here. That could be a whole lot worse in appreciation of that process 
can get me even further, but I self-sabotage myself by complaining about what I'm doing. Yeah. Amazing. And I do want to, I want to come back to the gratitude because I have some follow-up questions on that, but I wanted to bring mm -hmm. attention to something that I thought was extremely beautiful visual metaphor that you mentioned in talking about coming home to your house and seeing the clean work and the, and the house, the clean house that you have because of the work that you did. And I think that there's a beautiful metaphor there in taking the time to look at the life that you've created every single day and having that same feeling where you're looking and you're like, wow, look how amazing this is from the work that I've done. I put in the work and I, I've been able to create this life for myself and taking that time to reflect on it. You know, it, sometimes it's easier to see the clean house than it is to reflect on our life as a whole and in general, and just really taking that time to, to see that and visualize that and see the growth and development that you've done, you know, over the last years, you know, of your life and, and take a moment to just reflect on that. Yeah. Uh, and, and that right there would be key, taking a moment. I don't think we do that enough. I know for myself, I meditate every day. Um, I, can, I can humbly brag that since January 6, 2020, I have meditated every single day for 30 minutes in the morning and it's, it's been a process to get to that point, but it is now where my morning cannot start without 30 minutes of meditation. Even if I have a flight to go somewhere uh, like five o'clock in the morning, which means I have to be at the airport, I will get up purposely to ensure that that part of my morning gets done before I do anything else outside of my room though. So the, the point of people taking a moment to slow down, like even I didn't have that concept until the past couple of years to just slow down and reflect. And it's so easy to miss gratitude because we think we have to do so many things. You know, even in the nine to five world, people going nine to five, bringing their work home, working from five to nine with their work and not even taking an opportunity to slow down, reflect, ask themselves the question, what's important to me? Like, is this what I want to do? What do I want to appreciate? That slow down to kind of, to speed up. Like, okay, I want to slow down so I can speed up in a different direction. You know, that really is, I mean, it's, it's a course correction. How do you course correct? And everything you slow down and then you take that curve because if you try to take that curve like you know just on our automatic every day you're going to spin out and everything is like you know just every day and you want to make a course correction you're going to spit out but when you slow down and you see like oh there's another path available for me to take that's what happened in that slowdown that's what happens in that reflection that's what happens in that gratitude moment in terms of making new choices to get to a place of like, this is what I get to do uh, versus have to do. And this is actually how I get to create life on my terms is truly in that those moments of slowing down, reflecting and making choices in that space versus making choices 
always on the go, always under pressure, always under stress, always because we're in reaction to what needs to be done versus in the response of what comes to us in those moments of slowing down. Amazing. Yeah, extremely well said. And you mentioned um, you have a meditation practice every day and it's, you know, it's a non-negotiable, which I love, you know, I've incorporated that into my habits as well, where it's like, Hey, it doesn't matter what's happening. I'm going to meditate for me. It's, it's reading. I've made that like an absolute must that I am reading every single day. And one thing I wanted to ask about and kind of touch on the gratitude aspect in regards to the meditation as well is, do you have a specific gratitude practice that you do daily? There, I have one now, but it was a journey in terms of finding what that looks like though. So I don't do guided meditations because I, I just like listening. I'm a, I'm a big sounds person though. So I went through a, a, a lot of different, I started with Brendan Bouchard. He has a YouTube video in terms of meditation. And it's just listening to like a little bit of sound or a little bit of his voice. And then it goes mostly into sound. And then I started looking at like frequency hertz music and eventually just ended up listening to a particular sound that I have right now that I just go to that and listen to 30 minutes of the sound. And the way that I work with my meditation is I don't worry about like the thoughts that come up. I think a lot of people will tell you meditations about, you know, stopping the chatter though. But I think the more you meditate, the more the chatter actually just slows down with the meditation. Because I remember when I first started, I did five minutes and my mind was going crazy. Like, ah, I can't sit still for five minutes. Like, what is this all about? Like, no, no. Like it was pure resistance, but worked up to five minutes, got to 15 minutes Max has been like 45 minutes of meditation and a half hour now just seems easy. So it's just listening to sound because I'm big on sound and just allowing the mind to kind of like move with the sound, with breathing. And after a year of doing this daily, I find myself being able to kind of get into a particular story or scenario and the mind just latches onto one thing and plays it out versus going through a lot of random thoughts. It's not a lot of random thoughts I go through in meditation. I might pick a scenario and it's almost like lucid dreaming in terms of just like something playing out in that space, which is why 30 minutes doesn't seem like enough because once the mind latches on in terms of this lucid dreaming state in meditation, and you might be playing out something. Um, it's very tranquil. It's very peaceful. And then like when my alarm goes off, it's like, that was 30 minutes already? Like I need to do it longer because I get into that state though. So it's been a journey to get to that place of practice to slow down and allow myself to have like a waking dream of sorts. And, but it's worth it in, in terms of, like I said, there's a reason why I, make it a non-negotiable, as you said, because if anything goes wrong, like with my day in terms of like, it just didn't go the way I expected it. At least I know I had those 30 minutes in the morning that I gave to myself. Love it. 
Yes. So well said. So important. You're, you're inspiring me to get, I have been slacking on my meditation and I want to, <laughs> I want to get, I want to get back into it. So you, you've inspired me And this. This conversation has been so awesome. I mean, you shared, um, you know, your journey from, from getting started, you know, being in that, that nine to five, you know, stepping into the entrepreneur role, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, Tony Robbins and how, you know, people didn't even show up to his stuff and just like the importance of getting started and, and taking that leap and then how, you know, having the, the confidence and, and figuring out your own confidence by just taking that chance. And the more that you succeed and, and, and get through that process, the more confident that you're going to get. And that no, isn't a reflection of your value. It's just, you know, it's the process of, Hey, they're not ready for you right now. Like, I love that example that you used. Um, you talked about like identity and how important that is and expanding yourself. We're not shifting and changing our identity. We're just expanding into ourself. And we do that through less judgment, less comparison and appreciation for what you enjoy. And I love that. I'm going to say that again too, because I think, you know, it cannot be said enough, but less judgment, less comparison and appreciation for what you enjoy. I mean, such a powerful, you know, rules to live by in thinking about, imagine how much more we can show up when we continue to do that, you know, and then I love the, the Aristotle quote that you shared um, pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work, you know, and just the more that you can follow what it is that makes you happy, you know, that was the theme of like really doing the things that you enjoy is going to bring about the best in you so that you can truly succeed in everything that you do and be happy with what you do when you come from that place of joy and, and finding that joy and knowing that the more that you try different things, you're going to figure out what's going to work best for you and really just taking the time to, to be present and, and have gratitude and slow things down is going to help you to find the appropriate path. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, not a problem though. So hopefully uh, there are some <laughs> plenty of nuggets for people to pull from this show. And ultimately at the end of the day, I leave people with this. Just look for acceptance for who you are. That's it. If there's one major theme to take away from anything that I've shared here, look for acceptance because in acceptance, self-love grows. In acceptance, um, just, you know, what other people say matters less. There, there is so much power in acceptance that offers you the opportunity to explore freedom of what life gets to look like though. So that's my own journey right now. And that is my invitation to anyone listening to these words right now. Do your own work in terms of accepting the full expansion of yourself and watch as freedom follows along with that. Wow. Great, great closing. I love that. Um, the last thing, what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you, reach out to you, follow you? Yeah, right now, the best way to get in touch with me is probably on my Instagram account, though. So 
Kevin Layler, L-A-Y-L-O-R, though. So I'm going to be putting more content on there. Um, outside of that, you can find me on Facebook as well. Do a search for Kevin Layler. Find me there. Currently working on a rebrand for the website, though. So right now, IG and Facebook. And if anyone has any questions or, you know, any thoughts or just questions, like anything in terms of life, questions, perspective, insights, you know, I'm more than happy to help because again, from my days of photography to now being a life coach, I really want people to see the best of themselves. Amazing. Perfect. Well said. Thank you so much for your time. Listeners, thank you so much for being here. And remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it, and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.